I wanted to talk about, uh, well, well, all of my talks right now, and I think probably anybody who you um, sit with is, is, is looking at how we're holding this, um, how we're holding uh, what's going on right now and how we make the best of it. And I'm doing that as well. Obviously, there's, it's like the number one on our hit parade right now. And for most of us. And uh, what I've been trying to do is look at the Buddhist teachings and how those teachings can apply to help us navigate this um, this world we're in, which is uh, new, um, I'm guessing for most of us. I haven't been through this before. Um, I'm guessing many of you have, most of you have not been through this before. So I, um, uh, that's what I've been Doing last week, I talked about the eight worldly winds and how they're really helpful. At least I find them really helpful to see how we move through this. And tonight, I wanted to talk about um, these ideas, the fixed ideas. It's just another Dharma doorway. Um, there are I don't know how many thousands of doorways into the Dharma, many thousands. But the the idea of fixed views is another way to access the Dharma and see how we get caught up in conditioning and get caught up in, in um, seeing things a, a particular way. And I think what came up for me and why I, why I thought about this is the, I've been talking about the idea of normal. And you see people talking about the idea of normal a lot. And um, uh, it's, it's, normal is simply a concept, a construct that we have created to define our, our world. Uh, you know, there's, there people are waiting. And I talked a little bit about this last week. People are waiting for things to get back to normal. And there's, that's going back to yesterday, which we all know how well that works. There's no, there's no going back. Yesterday is gone. It's, it's history. And so what we're experiencing right now, if you want to give it a name, is this is normal. This is this is our normal existence today. And what's going to happen next week or next month or in six months or next year is it's normal is going to be whatever it is we are doing on a daily basis to move through the world. So to be stuck on an idea, a fixed view, a concept of normal has to look a particular way is just a recipe for discomfort, discontent, suffering, stress, um, unease, all the ways you translate dukkha. So that is normal is a fixed idea. Um, and who's normal? What's normal for some people is not normal for other people. I was talking to a friend this morning about um, when I wake up and I usually wake up about 530 in the morning. It's, I'm a morning person and, and she wakes she, you know, she's very similar and I, you know, I'm usually asleep by 1030 or 11. And, and I was mentioning my husband, his go-to is sleep at 2 a.m. up at 10 a.m. So that's normal for him and my normal is different. So I, that's a really simple idea, but that is, we get these fixed ideas in our head of this is normal or an idea turns into shoulds. And that's when it becomes especially, um, uh, uh, troublesome is when we get stuck in should and you know that phrase don't shit all over yourself um, that's when we start sh shooting all over ourselves and 
right now the ground is especially um, uh, it's like quicksand almost you know it's it's like a marsh a swamp it's like there's no place to catch hold and so there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of struggle there's a lot of fear there's a whole bunch of emotions coming up and and when something that we think um, let's say normal has ended we immediately want to move into the next realm fix it tie it down get something in place that we can hold on to and there's a man named William Bridges who I've spoken about this before too who wrote a couple of books one called transitions and then about 30 years later he wrote another book 20 years later wrote another book called the way of transition and it's a, and basically when one thing ends we immediately want to move on to the next thing, but we can't. We can't jump over that that um, mourning, that grief, that that separation, um, because jumping right into the next thing, the next fix, fixing it is almost. I don't want to say a spiritual bypass, but it has that flavor. I don't want to feel what's happening in in the transitional phase and we are absolutely in a transitional phase and we don't have an end date and an end date brings us comfort even if it's bogus I found that when the president said we'll all get back to normal by April 12th I knew that was like nonsense but there was some part of my mind that got some kind of weird comfort from that it was like oh that's comforting even though I go that's bullshit but just the idea that it might be true it, it feeds that um, or it comforts that that part of the mind that's uncomfortable with um, change. Impermanence is change. That's all it is. What we know is is constantly shifting and, and, and we're getting that in our face all the time right now. Um, so one of the one of the teachings in Buddhism that talks about this is the fetters and fetter I looked up the definition is a chain or a manacle it it holds us to something and so we're fettered to particular we're fettered to, in, in the teachings there's like 10 fetters five lower five upper blah 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 you know as Buddhism tends to do with its lists but the one it says when you move into the path of enlightenment and you start really um, <clears throat> connecting with these teachings, the fetters start dropping away. And the first three fetters I thought were really uh, they're uh, uh, helpful to look at. And I'm going to spend most of the time on the first one. Self-identity and beliefs is the first one. That idea of who we are, that I always do a little a little box because that's it's like this is who I am and I, I talked about this last week with the worldly winds if praise and blame if people praise us what does that mean if people blame us what does that mean um, uh, it's it's really uh, uh, a foundation of who we are this idea of of our how we show up in the world um, the second one that I is in these first three is doubt. That's just this like uncertainty, and we are in uncertainty. So when you're moving into um, the the path of liberation, there's a lot more ease with uncertainty. And then the the third one is clinging to rites and rituals. There's a lot of that right now too. Um, you know. Uh, that's, I think, the seeds of fundament fundamentalism 
is this piece of whatever it is is what's going to keep me safe this um, this belief this dogma is going to keep me safe is going to protect me and if I believe this then I will have a particular outcome when it's all up in the air you know and that's 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 with all religions religions move into fundamentalism very easily very quickly even Buddhism um, you know, the, the idea of merit, if you, if you do so many good works, you're going to get enlightened without actually having to sit and do the practice and, and f do the deal. Uh, so it's everywhere. If you say, when I was a kid, I was raised Catholic and you were taught, if you say X number of prayers, you'll get people out of purgatory that much faster and into heaven because purgatory was where you had to wait. It was like the waiting room for heaven. And if you said enough prayers, and I used to go, well, well, why? That's not fair. So I was always going, well, that's not fair. But that was just me. Anyway, so we going back to fixed views, fixed views is where we suffer. And fixed views, letting go of them is, is part of the path to liberation, seeing where we're stuck. And that's why on the, during the meditation practice, I was inviting you to, Look at where your mind was taking you. Look at the stories. So many people are stuck in the future right now. You know, the future of what's going to happen. Rightly so, because so many people are deeply impacted by this uh, pandemic. They're losing livelihood. They're struggling. They don't know. They're ill. They have friends who are ill. It's they're They're isolated. There's no contact with other people, which is connection is a huge uh, uh, part of our existence that is um is is lacking right now thank heavens for um this this kind of uh um uh, technology that gives us this ability to interconnect so um this uh these these views give us these this false sense of solidity um and stability that we that's not necessarily true and it's all conditioned it's these these fixed views are all conditioned by our upbringing by society by culture generational ideas of how things work um, and we when we're not paying attention we just buy into them and think they're the way things should be and we have expectations of people based on how things should be it's um, it's a real sticky place and um, a lot of people are I listened to this I mentioned it this morning in the morning meditation but a friend of mine did a panel on CNBC yesterday I think it was yesterday or the day before and I watched it yesterday and they were talking about um, I think resiliency at work or leadership and um, how to manage and move through this this period and what they were talking about was that the emotions we're feeling like anxiety like fear it's not a moral failing it's not a character flaw it's a natural response to the traumatic triggers we're experiencing constantly so this you know the what's happening right now we're constantly on fight flight or freeze you know we're in in that that um, kind of reptilian what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen right and that's a really difficult place to maintain 
constantly because you're always on alert. So the, the nervous system never gets a chance to calm down and relax. So to recognize that, that, oh, there's a reason. There's a reason why my body is feeling this way. There's a reason why I'm, um, you know, spinning out, why I'm caught in fear. Anybody else waking? I don't. I, I'm grateful I, I, I have no sleep issues. But I have a lot of friends who say they woke up, wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. They wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and they just kind of lie there. There's this, this, this anxiety that's present. And so to recognize that that's not... Um, a character flaw, so to speak. And if you were doing this better, you wouldn't feel it. That's that's an, a view that we have that has been reinforced by our culture. And um, it's not true. It's not true. So what what's important is to recognize these, these views that inform you, um, that really are debilitating to a certain extent. I, I talked about this the other night because I, I talked this, um, gave this talk, the, well, I talked about this topic the other night, but the talks are never really the same. And I was talking about my old view of myself was that I had to be, it was basically people-pleasing, and I had to be um, always happy, always sunny, always bright, always shiny. I did that in high school. I actually remember coming home one day. I went to high school in a neighborhood where I didn't really know anybody, and I was uh, desperate that people liked me, so I wrote down, I sat down and I wrote, um, always be friendly, always smile, always this, never disagree, always agree, blah, 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 these little people-pleasing manifesto, and I carried that with me for years and when I, I was working at a job and I worked there for months and I was a temp and then when they hired me when they gave me my nameplate and I those of you who sat with me have heard this many times they gave me the nameplate that said little Mary Sunshine and I actually still have it is it can you read it yeah it's not backwards is it but it's little Mary Sunshine it's a real thing I've had this for like the since the 80s 1983 is when I hired on so it's a long time ago Andrea, isn't that when you were born? Happy birthday to both of you. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I've had this for 37 years. So, but because I got into this box of thinking I needed to be and how painful that was to be untrue to yourself, to be inauthentic. I didn't know I was inauthentic. I did not know that at all. But that's how I move through the world, thinking this is the way it's supposed to be. And when we really look back on things, you can begin to disentangle those fixed views. Like the world is supposed to be this way. Um, I got into a lot of, I was reflecting on a lot of this. There's so many concepts. Joseph, um, Joseph Goldstein in his book, um, Mindfulness, um, talks about these things that we have these concepts of um, age like what's supposed to be like at a certain age you're supposed to be this you're supposed to be that um, I'm sure you all have experienced that gender particular genders or there's only two genders you know there's this there's that rather you know so you have to be a or b and if you're not then what the brain explodes um and all the all the stories that come up around that race 
We all know that, that the stories about that um, religion. How many wars have been fought over all of these things? How much harm has been caused by fixed views? Culture, you know, we become so identified and it's because identification is so, it makes us feel we belong. It touches a place inside that's really, um, uh, that needs to be addressed, that needs to be uh, tended to but in ways that are not necessarily healthy. That's what I was talking before about fundamentalism, where we got caught up in these ideas of it's supposed to be this way if it's not this way. you know. Um, but if you really step back and trace these fixed views of how things are supposed to be, you see how they change over time. Everything. Um, I, I, one of my favorite things, or the first the, one of the first things that I kind of was aware of back in the 60s, the church, the Catholic Church was going through a whole um, uh, change in modernization. That's when the mass turned from Latin to English. And there was a place called Limbo. Some of you may know what Limbo was. Limbo is when little babies died before they were baptized. Um, they couldn't get into heaven because they weren't baptized because that's the rule. Um, and they weren't, they shouldn't go to hell because they're little babies. They were innocent, but you know, they're born with original sin. So they, they went to limbo, which was a happy place. I guess it was like a, a big daycare and they were in limbo for the rest of eternity. So, and they got rid of limbo. They said, no, limbo doesn't exist. Now babies go straight to heaven. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, somebody made that rule. All these thousands of years, babies were going to limbo, and now all of a sudden, limbo doesn't exist. That, if you begin to investigate shit, you see that that's how things work. People make stuff up, or and not even sitting down. This is the Buddhist teaching on, on dependent origination, how one thing leads to another leads to another. So somebody may have an idea about this, which leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to this. And all of a sudden you have this solid, rigid belief that is ground in fact, grounded, that cannot be changed. If you, I, this is, this is what it was so beautiful when the Buddha said, don't believe it just because I say it. See for yourself if these teachings offer you some ease, if these teachings walk you away from suffering, from discomfort, and lead you to ease, then this might be the path you want to take, not do this or we're going to, you know, you'll be, you're going to burn in hell or whatever the dogma says. And, it, and it's, it's true in so many things, you know, I, I, I don't, I, you can, you can come up with a million examples, I'm sure. Um, these fixed ideas, because I say so, because I say so. I'm reading Stamped from the Beginning, which is a history of um, um, racism in this country, and it goes back to the 1400s, and this, this um, the author just traces it, and it's a really brilliant scholarly work. I'm up to the 1700s right now, but just how one thing builds on something else, builds on something else, and you get these these views, it's extraordinary. Um, but that's true with so many things. And um, I can just bleh, keep going on.
um, views about women, views about, about um, um, LGBTQ, views about this, views about everything. Um, and you can look in your own life and see how your views have changed over the course of your life about yourself, about others. Um, that's when you always go back to the, that what has popped into my mind are the two things that I always put together. It's uh, the doors of perception. You know, we, we have a very limited view of things unless we open up and see or Plato's cave where people are, all they see are the shadows on the back of the wall. They don't see the reality of what's happening. You, and, and, and then there's a teaching about the elephant, you know, the five blind men and the elephant where these five blind men, you know, each of them are not, they're either blindfolded or blind, I can't remember, but they are each brought to a different part of the elephant and they're asked, what's what's an elephant like? And the man who, who felt the leg, so it's thick and round and solid, and then somebody else felt the trunk and it's like, no, it's soft and moves around. And then the other person who had the tail and the other one who had the ear so and the tusk. And they're going to swear by it. So, you know, our, and our minds are unreliable. Our minds are unreliable. We have a memory. We have an experience that moves into our, our brain somehow, but it, it, it kind of shifts over the time, and it's colored by other things that come in there, and, and things get real soft and real mushy, and that's not real neuroscientific speak, but that's kind of the gist of what happens. And so we can't even depend on that. So to... All that is to say that right now, when we're struggling with needing solidity, be careful of what you're stuck on and recognize that things shift, things move. Preconceived notions, expectations can only lead, lead to discomfort. It's really, if you can stay as um, <laughs> agile is a word that comes to mind, agile with what's happening, it's really beneficial, it's really helpful. Because to get lost in the it needs to be a certain way, you know, I could rail about the way the government is supposed to be behaving and there are parameters and there are guidelines about how blah but that's you know that fixed view it gets me angry ah, but what does that do for me right now i can run around screaming fuck you which i do periodically but internally it causes great discomfort and great stress and i don't need to add to my anxiety how can I be at ease? You know, how can I tend to myself? It's really important. Um, J Philip Moffat has, uh, um, he talks about um, uh, a way out of this, or he, he, has, a, he has a quote. Um, and, well, let me step back a bit. One of the ways to work with this is to work with, the idea that I brought up in meditation, which is don't know mind, that um, beginner's mind in Zen, it's called beginner's mind, and it's also called don't, um, don't know mind, which is what is this? What's happening right now? 
you know and so it's really important that we tend to what's happening right now and disengage from the way we think things are going to be because when we're future tripping um, when we're lost in tomorrow we have we are basing our um, basing our, our ideas on what we think things should be if this happens I will be X if then if then and that's all a, 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 a fantasy it's all an illusion it's all what we've made up in our own mind it's not reality if this restaurant closes I will be devastated if I don't get my job back blah 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 well five months ago who could have said if a pandemic hits this is what was going to happen we all could have we, there's there's like 15 16 of us we'd have 15 16 different ideas of what would have happened it's all fantasy we we make stuff up and we react to the stuff we make up and it's painful and it and it exacerbates our anxiety and our fear and our grief and our sadness so to the 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 invitation is to come back that's what we do in practice the invitation is to come back just come back to right now be with what's right here be with this ground that you're that you're that you're here that you're said, sitting with um, this is this is Philip Moffat's quote he says empty of preconceived notions about what is supposed to be and expectations as to what it can achieve to to achieve beginner's mind or to excuse me to have beginner's mind the ego has to give up the idea of its omnipotence your ego has to give up the idea that it knows everything that it's the star of the show that it it, it knows even if you're humble in some ways there's something inside that's saying this is what's going to happen I know you can watch it on social media I remember last week I think it was a week or two weeks ago I was watching I was I was reading Twitter and my Twitter seems to be very political I seem to follow very political stuff much less than my other stuff that I read but people were just two sides arguments and they were going on and on and all I could think of was these people need a life it was extraordinary extraordinary and you can get seven people and they will all have seven solid views of how things are and the vitriol that goes between them and among them and the harshness and the harm the unwise speech that is present it's extraordinary and when we get sucked into it how does that feel and then we believe the stories well that one appeals to me more than that one so I'm going to believe that then you're a dumbass for believing that caught in fixed views we suffer caught in expectations we suffer what did Moffat call it the tyranny of expectations we're caught in the tyranny of the way it's supposed to be and instead when you cultivate don't what is this or don't know mind you're actually learning to be with your experience right here right now so um, what is this what's present when you're anxious be with the anxiety what's hap what's coming up right now 
anxiety? What does it feel like? Break it down into its parts. What's actually present? The, the tightness in the belly, the, the rapid heart rate, the sweaty palms, whatever your experience is, be with that experience. If there's sadness, feel it. That's one of the emotions that is, oh, man. As I say it, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that a little welling up in my eyes. There's a, there's a lot of sadness that I experience right now. I, you know, I walk around and I see the little chalk art on the street. There's a lot of chalk art in my neighborhood, and a lot of it brings up a, some sadness. So it's like, okay, here it is. I don't need not to feel sad. There's nothing wrong with me for feeling sad. There's nothing wrong with anyone for feeling sad or anxious or, or grieving. Because we have lost a lot. Each of you, I, have lost a tremendous amount. We're not even, you know, I bet we're not even cognizant of everything we're lost. We, we won't even know everything we've lost in, for a while, you know. Um, so if there's grief, feel it. If there's joy, feel it. I was talking to a friend the other day on the phone. She called me Thursday, I think, and she called me to tell me that she had had some bad news. Her um, stepmom was just uh, diagnosed with um, bladder cancer. Uh, she didn't know any of the details, whether what stage it was or anything, and, and they're out of town, and obviously she can't go see them. And so she was filled with all this this sadness, this fear, this 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 grief, all the emotions that were coming up. Um, and she said, and so we were, you know, it's like, okay, feeling it, feeling it, feeling it. And then and she said, and right before that phone call, she got a phone call from her boss. She's been interviewing for a couple of weeks for this huge promotion. And she got the word that she was being one of the final two and was going for the, the one of the final interviews next week. And she's like, this is really exciting. So there's this, what is this? There's grief, there's sadness. What is this? There's excitement, there's, there's joy, there's a little... Um, nervousness about it so in in just a couple of moments there's the joy there's excitement and then telephone call there's the there's the fear there's the sadness there's the concern so when you are present when you're cultivating your present time awareness you can be with each of those things you can be true to your actual experience it's about being vulnerable it's about being willing to hold what's here. When it's unpleasant, like when you get a, a word that someone you care about is very ill, the mind wants to, you know, go to fix. How do I mitigate this experience? How, I, how do I mitigate these emotions? Even when you get good news, it's like, how do I mitigate that? This is too much to handle. How do I fix this? So. We all deal with things in different ways, but the invitation is always to stay present, stay in the moment, be here. Be with the anxiety if you can, be with whatever it is, as, as much as you can. And it's also important to take care of yourself. So sometimes this shit can be overwhelming. I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, watch a stupid movie. Go watch something silly, 
you know, do something silly. I mean, that's important for taking care of ourselves as well. Sometimes you don't have to like, ah, just I have to feel everything as it arises. Sometimes you need to take a break and be kind to your heart. Do, do what brings you joy. Uh, some, they were asking, I was talking about that panel on CNN. They asked, um, they asked the panelists, what, what should you do? In dealing with this kind of thing what what would you prescribe and uh, my friend who was on it said the best thing is the one that you're going to do there are a number of things that you can do but the one that works best is the one that you do do so whether it's watching um, playing solitaire reading a, a, a murder mystery watching the great British baking show some people watch the Tiger King I'm not that person um, so, you know, those things, listen to music, dance. Last night, my party had a block party. They were like, somebody had, um, loudspeakers and was playing disco and all kinds of, um, my favorite was I will survive. That was really a funny choice, but, um, and lights and all kinds of stuff. And everybody's out with glow sticks and dancing until the cops broke us up. It was like, dude, it's a quarter to eight. What is it? I guess somebody complained and then they said, I think we were standing too close. We were all on our front lawns. I don't know how that happened, but you know, that was fun. So find your joy where it is. Don't say no to it. Don't say, I can't be doing this. It's, it's too serious right now. That's a fixed view. That's not being attentive to the reality of the moment. So I think that's all I want to say about that. But fixed views are, um, you know, um, that's, that's not a prescription for joy. In fact, in the Metta Sutta, if the, those of you know, uh, the Metta Sutta, it's the Buddha's prescription for loving all beings. And one of the lines is not holding to fixed views, not holding to fixed views. We, we, we greet with all beings with, with loving kindness without exception. That's an important line in there, too, without exception. So letting go of fixed views. So um, those are my thoughts on letting go of fixed views. And as I was thinking about this this week, I'm like, I have so many. We have so many that we don't even think about. I mean, my favorite, you've heard this, I used to think it was better, wiser to buy frozen vegetables, or fresh vegetables and frozen vegetables. And I suffered mightily over that when I was shopping. I would just suffer. I, I'm a morally better person if I buy fresh fruit or fro fresh vegetables. And if I buy frozen, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it hurts so much. So I suffer mightily from these fixed views. So, um, I learned when I recognized that I had made these rules for myself that I had, I learned to ask the question, who made that rule? And if the answer was Mary, it was probably not a very good rule. So if you are stuck in these, these ideas that are causing you discomfort, ask yourself who made that rule, who made that law? Or if it, if it just doesn't feel right, you know, maybe there's some history behind it. If it's, if it's causing harm, question it. There's that great, that great, um, that great um, admonition. Question authority. Yes. 
I also have a, I had a license plate holder on my car for many years. Subvert the dominant paradigm. Just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean it's the way to do it. Yeah. So really, um, investigate for yourself what makes sense and see where you're ca caught up, see where you're trapped, see where um, you're hooked in and um, uh, see if you can let go. And there, there, I have found lot, a lot more ease when I'm not trapped by those things. So, okay, now that's really my the end. <laughs> any, any questions or comments or thoughts? Any rebuttals? Thanks, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I uh, what you mentioned before about the I'm usually a good sleeper and I sleep right through. But this past week, I've, you know, I've been waking up at like you know three or four. AM. I usually get up about six, but I had that, you know, go through my mind. It's like, oh, am I not processing something? Am I not dealing with something that's, that's you know, that's waking me up? Or, and I, I've been trying, um, you know, just to kind of walk that uh, fine line that's good of, you know, dealing and feeling my emotions and not falling into what you mentioned, spiritual bypass, and just, you know, running to meditation or, a, you know, Buddhist psychology book whenever I feel something to figure out why I'm feeling it or whatever. And uh, it was good to hear that you're, you know, that it's just is what it is. I'm waking up because there's a lot of weird shit going on. <laughs> and, you know, I'm still trying to process it, which, you know, it's not going to happen uh, overnight, but, you know, it's just... I guess, you know, it was just good to hear that other people are going through it too. And it's just, like you said, it's just the new norm. That's what's happening now. So. Right now it's like this. Yeah, thanks, Ed. What are, okay, I know. What are some of your fixed views that, um, that you struggle with? I've got one for you, Mary. Yeah. So. So going back to 2008, we struggled a lot with uh, with the economy then. We were homeless and living with family. And this time around, we're very fortunate. We're both still working, probably way more hours than we want to. And we're feeling a lot of a lot of guilt behind that because other we see other people struggling and and there's nothing that we can do. And it's it's hard for us to to be in this position of comfort and not be able to help other people when they're in need. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you. That's a tough one. That's a, that's not uncommon either. It's a tough one. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah Brian. Yeah, I would, I would say the same thing. Just I, I, I have nothing to complain about and, and not that I want something to complain about, but, you know, how to not beat yourself up for you know being in a good position right now you know while you see what's going on in the world around you, you know? so what what does what does buddhism how does it address that um how does buddhism address um not beating yourself up for being in a good position when you see the all the stuff going on around you paraphrasing i think yeah yeah but it's, it's a weird thing like on the one hand you don't want to like, you know, you know, looking for absolution, like, oh, I'm feeling so much. I'm such a good person. Tell me I'm a good person. It's not that. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, I'm doing everything I can to help in this way or that. Yet, 
you know, I'm lucky. So it's kind of like, what does Buddhism say about, you know, people who are in that position? You know, I don't, I don't know what Buddhism says per se. I know that years ago I realized I would, I struggled with that. I think it was being raised with the, you know, clean your plate, people are starving kind of mentality. Um, and how can you be happy when others are not? That's, you know, that that's really nonsense. And what that is, is that's that's it's a denial of reality if you're happy, even if other people are not. Because how do you know those people are not happy too in their own in their own way? You're denying them their own reality by by making them cardboard cutouts. Um, uh, you're denying that they have any joy. And I and I, a phrase came to me years ago is my reality is my reality. I can't do anything about where I am right now. I'm really grateful for what I'm also in in pretty good circumstances, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. You know, I'm turning 65 soon, which means I get to go on Medicare. Yay! I am so happy. You know, because I've been. You know, that's like. A blessing but in the like oh but you're so old you know so the mind can go in a million different places but it's um it's this is my reality i don't gloat i i am touched by the i am touched by the the the, the grief of the world that karuna um the the practice of compassion so don't don't you know don't go overly um, berating yourself because that guilt has no place in Buddhist practice. Um, there's remorse for things you may have done wrong, mistakes you have made, 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 harm you have caused, that there's remorse for that, but your your position is where you are. Um, and you are compassionate towards those who don't have. You know, that's really important to recognize as well, that there's this this place of compassion. So. Thank you. Yeah. Did, with, oh, good. Did that make sense? Yes, it does. Cool. I'm also in a position where um, my finances are okay right now. I'm still working. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as I found out that I'll still be working, and making at least some money through all this, my first thought was, oh my God, how can I help those who are in need? But what I'm doing still could end at any point. Um, it's changing on a weekly basis. Um, so I'm trying to gauge my desire to help with, um, do I want to help because I feel guilty or do am I helping because I can? Mm -hmm. Right now I technically can't because this job that I'm working could very well end next week. I've given resources that I need away. I can't make that back up if this job ends on Friday. But if I maintain what I have and I keep working and I save, um, once I'm more fully and stably employed, then I, then I can give, and yeah. it'll be fine. It's fine now. It'll be fine in the future when things do change. But I kind of had that like, oh my god, just mm -hmm. looking around the house to see what I could give, and like, uh, and it's like, no, that doesn't right now. That doesn't really make sense. 
because where I it could change at the drop of a dime. So that's kind of what made me put my brakes on. Yeah, that's so important. That's so wise. I mean, because we that's that that that's that compassion, that empathy, that wanting to take action. But it doesn't. Oh, well, you don't want to cause harm to yourself. You know, it's like you want to help where you can, but not doing anything harmful to yourself. And it's the great unknown. But there's other ways, you know, if people want to help, there's other ways you can help. You know, I'm uh, I signed up and got some training to help. There's a bunch of union people. I this the unions in L.A. that work for hospitality, that work at all the hotels and all of those places, they they are all laid off. So there's like um a whole bunch of stuff that um, people um, can't. Uh, oh, I was the. Um, they are thousands and thousands and thousands of people are laid off. A lot of whom are um, don't have English as a native language, and they need help filling out unemployment filing for unemployment. So I was trained, and I have shifts to work with people helping them file out file unemployment claims and so that's a huge need that I can do from my house you know so there's ways that if you have the means and the wherewithal to help and and it doesn't mean and if there's something nothing you can do because it's hard to be with people like we are um, have been in the past you know you do what you can when you what's the, the phrase you do what you can with what you have, where you are, and the time you have. So it's all dependent. Again, those are fixed views. I should give money. I should do that. This is what being a good good whatever looks like. That's a fixed view. So if you, you investigated, Andrea, that fixed view and went, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. It's where the heart goes, but it's not logical or reasonable so it's really important to pause really important to pause so. well I want to thank you for being here uh, thank you on Facebook thank you on zoom thank you for visiting undefended Dharma these teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.